Hello, I'm Nick Holland with Information Security Media Group. And today I'm joined by Mark Eggleston, who is VP CISO and CPO at Health Partners Plans. Mark is also going to be a panelist at the upcoming ISMG Healthcare Security Summit in New York on the topic of why are business associates such a threat to protected health information? So, Mark, first of all, welcome. Great. Thank you, Nick. Great to be here. So let me ask you then, so what are the growing risks posed by business associates and other vendors that are specific to the healthcare industry? Good question, Nick. So in, in my world, and I think a lot of other uh, security shops around the country, third-party risk is one of those investment areas. It's one of those higher-risk areas that a lot of companies are trying to get their arms around. Um, and the reason being is, uh, you know, people come in all sorts of shapes and sizes when it comes to security programs and the maturity of those programs. So you want to make sure as you're transferring your PHI and protected data that it's going to reputable firms that are using, you know, world-class or standard control uh, frameworks uh, to secure that data. And, you know, no one wants to be uh, issuing that breach report because it wouldn't come from those third parties a lot of times. It might come from you. So you want to be able to making sure that you've got some strong uh, security controls and that those controls that you have at your company are actually moving down to the other third parties like business associates. So let's talk about some specific examples if we can. Have you any, any kind of case studies you could share around uh, PHI being compromised by a third party and what, what happened? Yeah, I think the, the, the classic example that we're all used to by now is the uh, data backup tape or, you know, the third party, maybe the medical record reviewer uh, has an unencrypted laptop and chose not to secure that laptop. Those are the type of things that are just, uh, you know, 101 kind of basic blunders at this stage of the game and that, you know, companies just don't want to be associated with because it's just kind of a facepalm moment when you have someone who's still failing to encrypt their PCs or still failing to follow even basic physical security protocols. So having some approaches in place, having some monitoring, um, you know, asking for third-party assessments, you know, the high trust certification certainly comes to mind. Making sure that you have those type of things in place goes a long way into helping you gain uh, reasonable assurances without actually having to do an on-site visit. And for some uh, entities, given the uh, amount and the sp specific subclasses or the classification levels of the PHI, that might be warranted. But a lot of times you can take solace in the high trust certification and having actual uh, uh, documentation that things have done, uh, have been completed. For example, in resiliency or business continuity, um, we very much ask for business continuity plans, uh, tabletop uh, plans, but it's also really more important to get the results of those plans and making sure that they are subscribing to the practices that they hope to uh, adhere to. So, Mark, can you give me any specific examples, any, any sort of real real world case studies that of information being compromised by third parties that you'd like to point to at the moment? Sure. Well, well and, and right now there's two large cases that are getting a lot of press right now. Uh, the Google, Google Plus uh, social network, and of course the uh, microcomputer processing chip thing uh, that's happening with uh, China being implicated for putting, embedding some type of uh, technology less than the size of a grain of rice into um, some circuits. So with the Google Plus piece, it really comes to some things that could happen in healthcare entities. Uh, you basically have a third party API or application programming interface in this instance. Uh, that was not securely coded, uh, 
and allowed information from one party to transfer through another without that person knowing. So, you know, those are kind of hard to spot, but can be spotted if you do a robust third-party program and make sure that you're looking at APIs to make sure that they have uh, they're meeting secure code standards and uh, following uh, good privacy by design principles. So I think a lot of us can follow from that example and, and, and make sure we're doing the right things by our customers, our members, our patients. Uh, with the other uh, microcomputer uh, breach here recently, and a lot of this is, is still, uh, there's some question on, on whether it's really substantiated, but the premise is still causing a lot of ripples uh, in third-party uh, risk programs because you have here uh, someone able to infiltrate the supply chain and then this information gets put into or this uh, malicious uh, technology gets put into something that's being used at very, very large companies. And, you know, what are the implications for that? How do you swap that out? How do you fix that? How do you continue to do business without uh, taking things down. And I think uh, I'm looking forward to talk about this type of things in the upcoming uh, ISMG summit. Yeah, very much so. I mean, that, that's, again, I think the supply chain thing is like, I think the jury's out right now. This seems to be somewhat unsubstantiated, uh, according to some of the, again, tweets. I've it is. Looking, you know, according to some of the tweets I've been looking at today, but it's it's not inconceivable. There was, um, there was a case study a few years ago where there were point-of-sale terminals that had malware installed. Again, there's a, sort of an, an extra chip at the point of manufacture. And the only way that you could tell that from the tampered ones versus the, the legitimate ones was to weigh them. There was a very, sl very slight variance when it came to the weight of them, which I thought was... Wow. Yeah, and it, it went, made it all the way to... Um, this, the, these were prevalent throughout some major supermarket chains in the UK. So, yeah. But... Um, you know, back back on that topic. I mean, I think pointing to the supply chain issues, increasingly, healthcare and all industries, in fact, are dependent on IoT and, and increasingly the industrial Internet of Things. And on top of that, data is very often now stored in the cloud. In fact, again, a lot of productivity suites are now almost exclusively in the cloud. So, I mean, how does that compound the issue of patient data and the potential for third-party compromise? Yes, that's a that's a paramount uh, issue here at Health Partners Plans and a lot of their uh, companies. Um, and one of the big solutions there to help that out is CASVs, Cloud Access Security Brokers. But basically, having a technology that's able to monitor the data that you're uh, uploading and downloading from the web is very, very helpful. And these tools, you know, provide also authentication measures and they authenticate the endpoint as well. So imagine that you are on a company encrypted laptop. It'd probably be a relatively safe place to download um, a patient list. But downloading that same list from, let's say, a Office 365 or cloud-based application to your personal PC that's a whole nother matter because we don't have the same level of attestations or confirmations that those home personal PCs have robust encryption on those endpoints. So, you know, these type of cloud technologies are where a lot of my um, security folks are beginning to go to because what we've come to realize is that the perimeter is dead. A lot of those perimeter devices that we've invested in through the last several years uh, are not as adept and are not as thorough at really getting you a good picture of cloud-based security risk. Um, so imagine 
you know, going back to the CASB example, you know that your uh, that your data is going up in these cloud environments. Wouldn't it be great if you could also rate those cloud environments? Or, you know, uh, same things that some of the public security scorecard vendors are doing. You know, when's the last time they had a breach? Do they have a SOC 2 on file? Um, those type of things. And, uh, you know, how big is their security team from a Dun and Bradstreet uh, perspective? All those type of factors being figured in it can really help you uh, boil the inevitable ocean of risk that exists in the cloud. Um, so we're pleased to be uh, using some of those tools here at my company. Very good. Well, Mark, thank you for joining me today. That was Mark Eggleston, who's the VP CISO and CPO at Health Partners Plans and an upcoming panelist at the ISMG Healthcare Security Summit in New York. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Nick Holland.